Product managers give 100% of themselves to their customers. But who's there for the PM? The Product Management Center at the University of Washington. It's a global hub for knowledge, community, and impact. I'm Jeff Schulman, founding director of the Product Management Center and your host on this show, How to Succeed in Product Management. Each week, I'm joined by my co-host, Red, and some of the best product managers in the business. Together, we're having candid conversations that help you understand the challenges that a product manager faces, how they overcome them, and the tools and frameworks that will help you thrive in the role. So let's start the show. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jeff Schulman. I'm a professor at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business and the founding director of the Product Management Center. And we are here every single week as part of our mission to develop a more diverse, inclusive, and skilled product management community. And today, we are going to cover a very important topic, user personas. And by the end of today, my hope is that you have a better understanding of what a user persona is, when are they created, who creates them, how are they used, and how do you make them better? Maybe it needs to be fine-tuned, more specific, more general, so that you are, in fact, meeting the needs of your users, your customers, and your business. So we've got two experts here, guests today, joining our usual cast of crew. We are reunited. Sumeya here is here every single week. And Red is back, ready to engage all of you so that your questions can get answered. So this is not just for uh, new product managers and aspiring product managers. I really think today's conversation is a chance for everybody to just kind of benchmark what are some other people doing, some of the, the leaders in the field, and get a sense of, yep, you're on the right path, or hey, maybe there's an opportunity for you to improve the way that you're doing things. So, Samea, you're here every single week. I just want you to share a little bit, why is the conversation about user personas so important for all product managers? Yeah. Happy Tuesday, everyone. So I think we've talked about personas as a secondary topic multiple times before, and focusing on them today is so important because when we're thinking about the customer, when we're thinking about putting you know, customer outcomes first, defining what that big term customer is or user or stakeholder, whatever this big term is, breaking it down into specific profiles, specific attributions, descriptions, and other things that are important to describe that group of people is really important. It helps us develop the right products for the people it's intended for and uncover desires and motivations and make them as real as possible in a way that, you know, you don't actually have to know one exact person, but create a theme, more or less. So I, I think a lot of all of us care about delivering the right product for the customer. And one way to do that, to get to know them, to develop empathy for them, is to create these personas that we take with us through the journey and we continue developing and adding to them over time. All right. Thank you, Sumeya. Here every single week on the How to Succeed in Product Management podcast, which we're recording here today. And Kavita, you were here from day zero. You are a founding advisory board member of the Product Management Center, helped us build this from just an idea to 
what it's become today. Over 100,000 listens on this podcast, hundreds of people in the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator. We just launched an Inclusive Product Management Certificate Program, and we have the Inclusive Product Management Summit coming up in May. All of that started with uh, just your first talk that uh, helped us uh, validate this idea. So Kavita, thanks for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and then tell us about when do you use personas and how valuable are they in the product management process, the product development process? Thanks, Jeff. It's It's been a great partnership with you, and I love the vision and the energy that you have brought to building out the Product Management Center. I'm Kavita. I am a product leader at Microsoft. I've been here a long time, 22 years at Microsoft. I have worked on many different types of products, almost like I feel like my journey at Microsoft has been like three different companies. One where I was building products for developers and APIs for them to go write apps. The second where I was building products for information workers, uh, so like you and me. And I worked on things like Link and Skype and Microsoft Teams and OneDrive and SharePoint. And now I work in supply chain and I build products for our operations users to go power Microsoft supply chain all the way from designing our products to getting it into the hands of, of users like you and me. So things like Surface, Xbox, HoloLens, and also delivering hardware to our data centers that powers our Azure cloud. In terms of user personas, for me, they are really, you know, so Maya na- nailed it. They are archetypical users. You know, they're representative of a broader set of users. And when I, you know, talk about what makes an excellent PM, one of the core competencies I talk about is customer obsession. And this is at the heart of that, right? Understanding your persona, understanding what their behavior patterns are, the goals and the needs, the skills they have, really, I mean, getting deep into who they are, how their day is. What are they doing? What are they struggling with? What are they trying to get done? That is very important for you to build that empathy and connection with the users you might be building the product for. And once you have a starting user persona, it also helps you prioritize which ones you want to go after and help make decisions later on when it comes to as you evolve your product ideas. Perfect. Thank you, Kavita. And then Sarada, I want to turn to you. First, tell us a little bit about your journey in product management, and then bring some clarity for the aspiring product managers. Who develops the personas in conjunction with who? Like, is it the research team? Is it the product manager? So talk a little bit about who creates it, who they work with to create it after, again, you share your journey in product. Sure. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff, for inviting me over here. Hi, everyone. I basically am a senior product manager working at Microsoft. I have over 10 years of experience working at Microsoft. Prior to that, I did my B-school back in India and then had worked on various products, internal customers as well as external customers at Microsoft, mostly on the platform side as well, as well as creating products which will be helping our manufacturers or distributors who work for Microsoft. So have done a bit of analysis and try to create some products that work well overall on that horizon as well. So uh, with that, uh, yeah, the question around uh, who develops these personas. So in typically it is falling on the role of a product manager as has been uh, mentioned by Kavita and earlier by uh, Samia as well. The product manager's main function or main responsibility, if you see, is to understand or get into the shoes of a customer. Customer obsession plays a very important role as uh, Kavita earlier mentioned as well. Uh, So uh, understanding what goes into uh, the mind of a customer, where does he fit into the overall 
product cycle per se that becomes primary before we start understanding what value needs to be added to the product where we want to focus on or where we do not need to so typically it starts with us as product managers going and interviewing various personas or various people who are associated or are going to use the product so we'll have to first try to identify uh, those set of customers and then uh, basically we go ahead in my personal opinion or process that we have i have followed is uh, closed group interviews work uh, very well especially in trying to understand the uh, behavioral patterns of the customer or where he is he or she is facing problems which we can address that goes a long way in finding g- gathering data and uh, you kind of interview like different users of the product it would be a heavy user it might be a mild user but trying to collect information as much as possible definitely helps or goes a long way in creating user personas so once that is done probably we try to collate and find some patterns that emerge out of it and then put forth uh, this framework of a user persona wherein we call about the demographics what does the day to day work look like what are the some of the interests or the to be state that the persona would want to have and what are some of the challenges that they face so that kind of completes our user persona creation i would say it's a collective amalgamation of the data collected from various users it's a fictional a character as i said like a user persona that we create but it's basically consolidating various viewpoints that we gather from these multiple interviews or surveys that we have to conduct so that's one of the processes that we follow apart from that obviously this user persona definitely does help us all have a common vision so we work with our designers as well while we create or frame this user persona because that's where the ux aspect of it comes into picture hope that helps jeff I also wanted to just add I think uh, yes PM is primarily on point but I think user researchers depend and that depends from uh, team to team and product to product you could have user researchers and designers and PMs all collaborating to create these personas and while Sarada said hey these I, eventually there's fictional users but they are created from real users and real needs and understanding their preferences and motivations and the barriers that they have to achieve their goals today the first time i heard the term persona you know years ago was from my marketing colleagues so i'm going to just take a second here and turn the questions on jeff jeff because that's really a big area of expertise and you have a good background in it when you're teaching about personas what are some of the things you remind your students about great question so You know me by now that inclusion is a critical I like to keep beating the drum of inclusion and I think the real challenge with personas is to be specific enough so that you know who your user is so that you could tune out the noise and develop a product or develop a marketing message that that speaks to that user without being too specific that you incidentally exclude people based off of characteristics that are relatively irrelevant and so there's this tension that I really wanted to get into which is how do we get specific enough that it's actionable and that we have a star to go for without being so specific that we are excluding people or even breaking into stereotypes where we're making more assumptions than than are necessarily true so I'm curious anybody here how do you break down or how do you navigate that tension between being specific enough to be actionable but not too specific where you're excluding people based off of oftentimes characteristics that they've historically been marginalized already. I think you have to get specific, but then you have to bubble back up. And I think the 
it starts with having a pretty broad base of users to make sure you're not you're opening funnel you're not limiting people right at the right at the start that said i mean at the end of the day you start off with some general idea of what you're building this product for but then you need to get really specific about what are the needs the top needs that you are solving for and that's why i think maybe you start off broad but then as you learn more about the users and their needs and continue to refine what your value prop is value prop being what problem am i solving for what type of user and how am i going to make their life better as a result of it right as you refine that you can keep narrowing down and you might end up you might start off with a much bigger set of broader users but then by the time you're done with this exercise you narrow it down and i would say you narrow it down to typically four to five personas and this really helps you segment your users and also gives you a sense of what are you going to prioritize so that it serves as a direction for making design decisions or product decisions i love what you said there kavita because ultimately the product manager or the product team can define a persona or multiple personas, but they don't have to have the same exact persona for every iteration or, you know, every time they're taking another look at the product or doing a discovery, more discovery around it, uh, they can use a, you know, subset of uh, the persona, one that belongs to the larger one that they said, as a team, we are going to focus, let's say, SMB owners, Uh, So small business owners in the Americas. And that in itself is broad. But then within that, there are multiple other personas. And the team should have the power to decide at any point which specific persona to focus on at any one time and how that would tie up to the outcomes that they signed up for. So I think that tie-in between persona and outcomes becomes really important and allows the team to uh, be a little more inclusive. So, you know, if your outcomes are revenue-based, how can you open up the solution or the offering to a larger population that can include personas that are not considered uh, mainstream, etc.? How many personas is it okay to utilize? Like, is there a magic number? I know you said, like, given one iteration, you're focusing maybe on one. But as you're looking at a product as a whole, or even as you're going from a, on a zero to one product, how many personas is it okay to say these are our customers? Any thoughts on that? I think I've seen, like, typically four to five personas. Otherwise, you're trying to be too many things for too many people. And neither do you want to solve just one narrow problem because the whole idea of personas is to find these equivalence classes or archetypical users who represent a broader set of users. So I think a small number, four to five, is a good place to give you a sense of how you would shape your product offering. Yeah. And I second that, actually, what uh, Kavita mentioned, just mentioned, uh, Jeff. In terms of what should be an ideal number, there's no specific number, as you can call out. Probably what we need to see is uh, when we go wide, we'll probably have some trends coming out of the interviews or the questions or the answers that we get around them, right? Responses. And then we try to collate them into what specific, it could be based on demography, it could be based on age, it could be based on the usage pattern, basically, which we are seeing across for that particular product, right? And based on that, we can probably have a user segmentation and then a persona drawn around it. So yeah, going wide initially does help 
and then narrowing down based on themes or based on groupings that we get, that would help in creation of these personas. And typically it could, could be about three to five. All right. So now I want to turn it to you, our three product leaders here. Any questions for each other? Anything as it relates to user personas that you've been curious about or wanting validation for what you're doing or a controversial opinion that you want to start changing people's minds? Any questions or controversial opinions for each other? I think one thing I would love to hear thoughts on is how do you think about market segments versus personas? I love it. (laughs) So the way I personally, the way I've uh, gotten to think about it over time is market segment is not something I think about day to day when I'm thinking about the features. It's something I think about when I'm thinking about, you know, go to market strategy, when I'm thinking about overall outcomes and goals. But persona is the one I think about every day or, you know, as I'm talking to customers and, and so the personas come bubble up or contribute to a market segment, but I, I sort of keep them separate in my mind because each one serves its own purpose. There was a point in time when, especially in the early days of a product where I, if I don't know the different personas well enough with enough details, I just think about it as a segment as a whole, and this is the hypothesis for that segment, and this is how we're going for it. And so it collapses into one concept. But after, you know, once the product reaches maturity and beyond product market fit, they just diverge, you know, over time. If we're deciding, for example, to go after a completely different segment or a new market, then we revisit the personas and create brand new ones. But yeah, that's my quick answer on that. Yeah. From my side, from my perspective, Kavita, if I have to cite one example, the current program that currently I am looking out of the product that I am looking at, the persona that we are creating kind of caters to a particular market, I would say. Uh, so there's a one-to-one mapping around it. That also is one of the cases or one of the flavors that you can get in terms of whether we are targeting for a particular segment of uh, segment of the customer or the end user. Uh, so that can be related to one persona targeting a particular market segment, or it could also be a case wherein you have a particular persona. For example, we are looking at delighting our manufacturers going forward in the for a unified portal strategy that we are looking at for a product perspective. But how does that manufacturer work perform in APAC region versus say for in EMEA regions, there'll be slight nuances associated to it. So that is also one aspect that would come into the picture here. So it could be a one-to-one mapping versus a one-to-many as well. So that's... Sarada, in the example you just provided around the manufacturers, Mm -hmm. the manufacturer itself, is there like a, let's say a a persona for a manufacturer or is it your persona broken up into a little more detail? So you have, you know, let's say a machinist and a chief, you know, Mm. designer, like how does it work? Yeah, that's right, uh, Samia. Based based on the uh, work that they do, a manufacturer is a broad person, as you rightly said, as you rightly mentioned. The kind of jobs that they need to do, uh, based on that, we kind of create our personas. So we go into much more details of basically or segregate or have subcategories of the manufacturer based on the jobs that they need to do. That's another concept that we usually use when we try to create our user persona is to what kind of jobs are they trying to do and based on which we try to map it to what our user journey should be, what it is 
currently and try to fill that gap across so yeah thanks both for sharing the way you know are these the two terms are like we talked about they're overlapping but they're also kind of distinct i think segments are more broader in terms of they help us identify the users but personas really help us satisfy the users in my head i i kind of think about segments as they're more demographic in nature but personas get very specific in terms of the goals and the behaviors and the needs but it's always like i've always had this common question come up to me like how do you think about segments versus personas so it was great to hear your thoughts on it yeah i have a, another question so in experience or on the ground i see different parts of the team and beyond just the core team working on the product there are different people who end up using personas again marketers are the obvious ones are there other people that you guys are aware of or that you work with that benefits from learning about the personas and do you always like to see alignment with them around personas? Sarzar, you want to take that first? Yeah, absolutely. So Samia, apart from the marketing team currently that we're uh, in, we get engaged with, we have like, obviously the personas that we define help us uh, in the user journey, as I mentioned. So our design team definitely is one team that currently requires a detailed description of the user persona. What are the likes, dislikes, where are the behavioral patterns that we would like to see and based on which we create our user journey. There's also details of getting on the same page with our engineering teams so once we come up with our user personas and the user journey or the flows we tend to you know further it by creating our wireframes around how that experience would look like for that particular user persona that also gives much clarity to our engineering teams to get engaged and start developing or talking about it so apart from the marketing teams wherein we are speaking about how we are evangelizing our product the entire creation process that entails our designers, that entails developers. That's where I think it plays a really critical role of defining, clearly articulating where our user personas would be used. Yeah, so I'd agree. I think the design team is another key user of this. Also, you know, it helps them define how to make things very consistent across different features of the product. So I think this serves, in my opinion, serves as a, as a map to always be looking at to make sure that we're headed in the right direction. The other thing I would say is just this morning or yesterday, I was in a conversation with my team and in the to get to make things concrete in supply chain, you know, we're always looking at how can we help our users build better products? So for example, how do we help our designers get the right set of insights early at the time when they're designing a surface or designing an Xbox? What do they need to know about our suppliers? What do they need to know about history from returns and how products are doing? What do they need to know about what's taking longer to arrive with all of the supply chain disruptions? And how do they factor that into choosing the right parts, the right suppliers early in the design process? Now that's you know, the persona there is the person who's designing the hardware. Now, you could say, look, these disruptions that are happening, not only does the design person care about, but downstream, our planners care about it to make sure, can they meet the demand? You know, we need to go. So we need to tie all of these signals end to end rather than looking at it within one function. And that's a different set of persona there who's looking at it. And it could also be somebody who's just looking across the supply chain, not just somebody who's looking at a particular function. So in this example, 
the discussion about being very clear who are our personas where do they go when they are trying to meet their need or do their job really helped us have a good principled discussion as to what surface area do we light up these capabilities in and where do they go interact with them so i think even just in as we are making decisions as we are discussing decisions that we need to go make these serve as good handy things to look at and refer to all right, I think Red, who is in sales, Red, are you ready to contribute to this conversation? Because I'm sure you use their personas all the time. Am I right? That would be correct. In fact, we printed our, or I had my company print our personas in life-size form on cardboard, and then I placed them on the chairs around the office so that, one, I could scare people when they'd come into the room and see, who are these people that don't look real? Why are they staring at me? But actually, I want to give credit to a company called GameHouse. One of the first times I ever heard of the concept of persona was when I went in to meet a client at my last company, and they're a Seattle-based company. We go to the office, and there's this little house in the middle of their product and engineering pit. Like if you're talking about a big tech room, you know, everyone's working, headphones on, and there's this little house. And when you open the door, there's a couch. There's a TV playing, there's socks on the floor, half-eaten box of pizza. And I'm just like, what is this? And they go, this is one of our personas. When we have somebody who wants to build a game or get in the mindset of their customer, no better way than to live the life of their customer. So ever since then, when people talk about personas for me, I see it as a common language for a company to get behind, right? So who is our product team building for? Who is our marketing team marketing to for awareness? Who is sellers talking to? And if we can have the physical forms in our office, albeit a pop-up, you know, cardboard stand to start, anything that's more than a piece of paper with a bunch of words on it to make it a living and breathing thing, that to me takes a persona from a user to a person. And when there's a person, there's real empathy. That's at least what I believe you can deliver your best work. They're people not users. I love what you just said, Red, about that example and also about the common language. And the that reminded me of an example that I see really great product teams show their knowledge and their immersion in this persona and their empathy for the persona. It shows up sometimes in the stories. So, you know, when you write the user stories, there is this statement that's common in a lot of user stories that starts with, as a XYZ, I am able to do XYZ. So in that statement, in these teams, they actually use the name of the persona. So that name, let's say it's the character's name is Julian or whatever that name, you see it come up. And unless you actually understand what the persona is, which as a product, core product team, you should, you probably are like, who's this Julian? If you're coming as a, someone new to the product, you need a little more background on that. So I love that. And the point here is this immersion and understanding and the, this common language will manifest itself in every aspect of the development of the product and the care you give your customer at the end of the day. 
All right. I love it. And I love the reinforcement that alignment is key. That's the role of the product manager to align all the stakeholders towards this common vision and push forward. And the success is truly on the the shoulders of the product manager, but it takes the whole team. And so uh, personas can align sales, can align marketing, can align product and so on. So now I've got a lot of my questions answered, but I want to, and we got uh, some of our guests' questions answered. Now we want to let you in the audience get your questions answered. I want to remind everybody that this is recorded and we distribute this as the How to Succeed in Product Management podcast. So if you want to go back and hear anything you heard today or anything that we've talked about in the 80 episodes or so beforehand, you could download How to Succeed in Product Management on every major podcasting app. And I also say this because if you come up on stage, we'd love to have you, but you will be recorded. And so think about that carefully. Not carefully. Please come up, but know that you will be recorded and everybody could hear you for years and years to come and just know how brilliant your question was. And also we're going to play a game because we just started this a couple weeks ago. Uh, We're bringing the entertainment to education for edutainment. So we're putting in some more entertainment. And Red, you manage both of these. Buzzword Blitz, our first ever How to Succeed in Product Management game, and audience questions. So I'll let you decide what order you do them in and tease them in and give instructions on them. But Red, are you Red E? Oh, I am ready. Let's do this thing, Jeff. So first things first, folks, I am open to questions coming in direct to my inbox And the beautiful thing is every time you ask a question, you are helping our speakers today. How, you may ask? It's very simple. I'm going to be giving words, extemporaneous opportunities for them to share their advice, but within a three-word challenge, the buzzword blitz. We're going to give them three words, and they're going to have to find a way to give us advice using just those three words. And anytime we get a question, that gives them what we call a stall opportunity before we have to get them to give advice. Bonus points, if you wanna answer the caller or the dialer or the LinkedIner, give the advice you wanna give them using those three keywords. With that in mind, I do have an actual one coming in, Jeff, so here's what I'm gonna do. If it's okay with you, Jeff, I want a thumbs up to make sure I can deliver my blitz before we give Raul a chance to get an answer to their question. You yes. should give a practice round. I mm. feel like I should have had some more coffee before. Last one. <laughs> yes, yeah. I don't drink coffee, but guess what? I can get you into a place where you're ready to rock and roll. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to put the power into the three of yours hands. Each of you give me a number. We're going to start with three numbers. Each of those numbers goes to my magical Excel spreadsheet. That's right. It's magical because it has words next to those numbers. Choose a number between one and 50. And those will give us the three random words you'll use today. And for a practice round, we can go ahead and try it in answering our very first question. And don't worry, the person who asked the question is a regular on this show. So with that in mind, you know, you can use other words too, by the way. So it's not just three words and, you know, pizza, cheese, uh, hair. (laughs) No, you can give advice. Oh my God. <laughs> These are buzzwords, just so we know. Red's bringing some A-game enthusiasm. We asked dozens of product managers for buzzwords that they hear or use in product management all the time. We have a list of 50 of them, and you're going to select three of them and have to put them together in one piece of coherent advice. So Red, sorry, take it away, but I just had to applaud your enthusiasm. It's okay. It's okay. So uh, Kavita, you start, give me a random number between one and 50. Seven. 
Ooh, first cut. That's right. Write it down, folks. Bring out your pens and paper. First cut. Okay, Serata, please hook me up with number two. Not number two, but the number that is second in line. Yeah, it's 36. Ooh, is there a personal connection with 36 or do you just? <laughs> Nothing like that. I just like the number. Okay, well, guess what? You went with another F word. Uh-oh, funnel. This is a safe <laughs> show for kids. It's allowed. First cut and funnel. Sorry, I had to interrupt with my laughter. I am loving this red. <laughs> I bet you do. And Sumeya, take us home. Maybe we'll get a triple play here, a hat trick of words. What is your number? 50. You go for the end of the line, folks. Here we go. Oh, my God. It's another F word. Holy moly, people. Hide the kids. This is now first principles. And how could a better word be assigned to someone that is framework-minded than you, Sumea? That is correct. You are getting first principles. But each of you now, first cut, funnel, and first principles. Wow, there's a lot of firsts here in that funnel. I hope you have an opportunity to practice this, but to get your mind going, I'm going to ask a question so that you can try to apply those three buzzwords to the question. Raul is the magic questionnaire of this hour. We know Raul from past shows, both as a guest and an incredible Q&A-er. Thank you, Raul. The question for the panelist is, what is the difference between a persona and a segment? That's right. When you're looking at your wink, wink funnel, what is the difference between a persona and a segment? There are many definitions in so many companies, so I thought I would ask. Thank you, Raul. I will give you each a second to think here about how you're going to respond and try to use all three words as best as you can. I like the remix, Red, throwing in that they have to not just use all three words in a coherent piece of advice, but also all three words in a coherent piece of advice on a specific question. That's bonus points if they could do this. Oh, Kavita's first to go. First cut over here. Please, the stage is yours. So the way I think of a segment is that this is the broadest funnel we have at the top to identify our users. And then we can take a first cut out of that funnel to prioritize specific personas within that segment and go back to first principles, then go talk to those users and identify what their needs are that we need to go satisfy. Big dog. That's right. Big dog in the house, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody who's listening, let's all give Kavita a snap <laughs> from our homes. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you, that was fantastic that the, it was not only perfect, but it actually answered the question. So <laughs> I, I didn't realize that both goals had to be satisfied. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Bonus points. But we first read, I have to interject and just say, we got to turn it to the judges. Sumeya and Sarada, do we agree that everything she said was accurate? And does she win this round? Honestly, it was really hard to combine all three and she did a great yeah. job. These three things are very hard to like bring together. I had the hard time with it. Totally. I, I just loved it how Kavita uh, just connected the whole segment piece and brought it down how to have that principles defined for a persona. So, yeah. so what's the prize for the winner? <laughs> um, the prize is a sad trombone. <laughs> oh, that's not right, Red. Not right. <laughs> At least give a cheer. So, do you have a cheer sound in your sound effects machine? No, no, it, no, I do not. But what I do have is opportunity. 
That's right, Raul's question deserves more answers. And this is not only an opportunity for Cavara to get the Sad Trombone Award, which is actually a great award in my opinion. It's a fantastic sound effect. But I think jokes aside, this is an interesting question. How does your company approach it? Because there are many definitions. So Sarada, I'd like to bring it to you. What is your ability to distinguish between persona and segment, or rather, how would you? So Red, if I get this correct, I have to use the three words to define that or to answer to that? It's not required. We've already had the winner for this first round. So please, advice in, in its own pure format would be a great second cut. Sure. So basically, <laughs> I look at personas and segment to be going hand in hand with each other. However, as we rightly mentioned, when we go initially interviewing or talking to different users or end users, we try to collect a lot of responses, right? And from that responses, basically, we try to understand themes around where we want to focus on. Segments could be either market segments. That could be one of the themes that come out of it, right? And there'll be several, like a group of personas associated to that particular segment. So it could be like one segment of market being defined and then several personas tied to it. That's how I would visualize when I go about interviewing and when I about go about defining my personas, right? So that's my take on it, right? Fantastic. And I'm, I'm messaging Raul now to say thank you for the opportunity to light up the stage with a, a great question. And we touched on it earlier in our conversation, but we, I find personally that when people are asking the same questions, it means that we didn't adjust for that persona. See what I did there? That's right. So there are many ways to uh, chop down a tree. And today we are becoming lumberjacks in the world of personas. And I don't know how far I can take this analogy. So. Red, you're getting a laugh track, man. Sorry, I just feel like it, it, you deserve to at least know. I can't just give you an emoji. You got to hear that I'm like losing control of my faculties with laughter. Oh, I, I'm doing it all the way from here. So with that in mind and being respectful, anyone else who has a question, please raise your hand or send a message, you now have confirmation. This is a real show where people actually listen. Isn't that crazy? Product managers listening. It's what we do. But I'd like to introduce Jeff to the opportunity to participate in this next round because let's be honest, marketing is an alignment exercise that goes where product goes and where marketing starts, where marketing goes and where product starts. There's no end or beginning when it comes to persona. There's just someone who says, I'm going to be the first to start building one out. And usually it is marketing, Jeff. So I want to include you in this next round. So we're going to go for four words here, folks. I know it's crazy. We're going for the moon. And you're going to start with the first word. The first word. Give me a number, Jeff. Give me a number between one and 50. Lucky number 13. Lucky number 13. You know, elevators usually skip it, but uh, sure. This is an interesting one. P1. P1. Hmm. You know, I, I have to say this is already a great start. We're off of the Fs. No more Fs, folks. Serata, we're going to jump to you. Number two, give me a number. One. Oh, my goodness. We're hanging out. <laughs> zero to one. <laughs> okay. So we have P1 and zero to one. If you wanted to break your brain during lunch hour, then congratulations, folks. You're about to witness it. Kavita, take us home. Find us a word that's actually more than just a number. 47. 47. Ah, perfect. A line. That's right. Somehow we have to align zero to one, P1, and a line. Sumea. Congratulations, the pepper on top of that salad. We're waiting for you to grind it. Bring it home. What is that final number? Two. <laughs> I had something ready with those three words, man. Now you're going to throw some, some ambiguity here. 
And the fourth word, Jeff, is trust. Trust that I know what I'm doing. That's right, folks. Trust is the final word. And Jeff, you are off mute. Here we go. I got it. I want our product executives and leaders here in the audience to tear me apart if this is not worthy of it. But when you're building a zero to one product, you have to have that persona in mind, who you're building for. You have to align your whole team together and build trust that you know what the P0 features and problems to solve are and avoid and wait for P1 problems till after you've built your MVP. That's awesome. <laughs> a little long-winded. I think somebody can get that tighter, though, but I at least use them. I think we do want shorter than that if anybody wants to, to try their hand at it. I would like to try. So if you have a zero-to-one product, it is really important to align so you can separate the P0s from the P1s and ensure that what you're building is something your users can trust is solving their problem. Then I think I botched it at the end. So close. That was beautiful. Beautiful. The common theme here between the two of you is that the word trust through you. Both of your statements were so tight until the... Exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah, red, uh, I think three words is good for this game. Yeah. Sumeya, <laughs> are you suggesting they have trust issues? <laughs> I'm suggesting we should align around three words. <laughs> yeah, the P0 words, man. Okay, fine. I went for four. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you want to change the rules halfway, I will do nothing but sad trombone you. So, Sarada, Sumeya, I think, Sumeya, you were commenting on trust. I think I trust that you can do a great job with this. And silence. <laughs> okay, real silence. No. Oh, you're actually come off mute. No, are you on mute? Or are you off mute? What are we gonna yes, do? no, yes. <laughs> it's a no. I'm letting Sarada go. Cool. So uh, is this more related, like how uh, trust becomes an important aspect in the overall user persona's journey and the product development? Yes. Yeah. So basically, see, here, when I talk about trust, trust is not just within, say, for example, how we align within our teams. It's also about understanding or getting a common ground about what we are trying to define the product for. So to gain that trust amongst leadership, it could be amongst your stakeholders, it could be amongst your engineering teams and how you're projecting or within your marketing teams as well. You need to have a well-defined persona. When I say well-defined, it should be covering the behavioral patterns. It, it should be relatable as well. As you had mentioned sometime back earlier, Red, wherein I can probably look at the persona and understand what are his, what does tick with him or what does criticism of. So those kind of attributes need to be realistically molded while we define our persona so that it helps in landing the product message that we are trying to adhere to. So to win that trust, I believe going into the nuances or making a detailed overview or giving a detailed overview of the user persona goes a long way in making every team aligned to where we're trying to strive for and ultimately achieve our outcomes. I don't even think we're playing a game anymore. I think at this point, we're back to giving great advice. What do you guys think? I think the game gave great advice, but... I want to redeem myself. Please do. Trust me, for a zero to one product, it is very important to land the right MVP by aligning everybody to the right P0 versus P1 features. Bingo. Sad trombone, Red. <laughs> Play the tunes. I got to keep us... <laughs> I got to keep us moving because my SD card that's recording this conversation only has 
Five minutes and 50 seconds left. So I want to utilize all of those wonderfully. First, for those in the audience, please give us a thumbs up if you thought the Buzzword Blitz was both educational and entertaining. So thumbs up if you enjoyed it. Or give us, I don't know, a different emoji if you think you'd rather us stick to just the facts, so to speak. So give us some reactions, please, in the audience. And then for those of you on the stage, Concluding thoughts, keep it under a minute, and if you could share a resource. So concluding thoughts and a resource for those who want to learn more. Kavita, do you mind going first? Sounds good. Yeah, so concluding thought is, I think as a PM, really important for you to spend time up front on defining and understanding the user personas and drive alignment with everybody, because that will serve as a good guiding thing for you for the rest of your product journey. Good resource don't have one on top of my head, but I think, you know, I've used these PowerPoint, like one slide templates that cover persona name, like what kind of persona we're talking about, their behavior patterns, their goals, their skills, the context or the environment in which they operate, their preferences and motivations, and the barriers they have today to achieving their goals. So write these up, spend time building this, print it out like Red has put it all around, make sure everybody's aligned and looking at it every day. All right. Thank you so much. Moving quickly, Samea, concluding thoughts and a resource. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the world of personas can look different depending on the company you're working in, specifically, you know, templates or the things people talk about. But there are some very core ideas here that we talked about today. The template doesn't matter, but I love Kavita's suggestion. Miro is a great place also to find some examples. But IDEO. IDEO is one of my favorite places to go and look at the latest thoughts around one, personas, and two, around inclusion in personas. And they had an article recently that I'm going to include in the show notes. Thank you. Sarada, concluding thoughts and a resource you'd recommend. Absolutely. So for me, the concluding thought would be like, spend some time to go wide interview or talk to a multitude of people before we actually come up with a user persona. Sometimes we get into the habits of probably going into specifics and trying to use our own biases while defining the user persona. So trying to understand by coming up with a theme, a common recurring theme across different people that we have interviewed or spoken to, spoken with, goes a long way in preparing a good detailed user persona. In terms of resources, one thing that I have recently started using is FigJam. That's uh, from Figma. If you use the tool, you can very well uh, create these user persona. They have some nice templates about the empathy map or the customer journey map that we can use. So try using that and uh, based on which you can come up with your user journeys going forward as well. So, All right. Thank you, Serato. Thanks for joining us. Red, your background's in sales, but you know user personas. Lay something on us. Don't be afraid to talk to them, even if it looks like you're talking to yourself. When I say them, I mean the cardboard cutouts, the printouts. Kavita mentioned printing them out, putting them everywhere. But I'm actually saying take them, bring them home with you, have dinner next to them, put them next to your bed when you go to sleep. Just read that instead of perusing Facebook or social media. I'm kidding you not. Make these people matter enough that you're willing to put yourself out there and you will see the dividends. And everyone's going to laugh at you. They always do when I do it, but I'm the one who's having the connection that I was hoping to have with that buyer or that customer or that persona. So who cares what everyone else thinks? When it comes to the customer, do what you think is right. 
All right. Thank you, Kavita, Sarada, Sumeya, and Red. Really enjoyed this show. My concluding thought is as you're developing user personas, again, just adopt an inclusion mindset and adopt an equity mindset and really think about have you defined it more narrowly than you need to? Not in a way, of course, there's this tough trade-off, right? You have to have focus as a product manager. I think we could all agree on that. Uh, So you want to make sure you still have that focus, but without accidentally tightening that focus in a way that's exclusionary to people that you really don't need to exclude. And so bring the user to life, bring the customer to life, but be careful to avoid stereotypes, be careful to, to further marginalize certain groups of people or individuals. And yeah, empathize. Empathy is important in developing the personas and using those personas. And best of luck to everybody who does that. And my last bit, my user persona that we have uh, in the audience are people who want to give back. That's terrible. That That's not even a good user persona. <laughs> I'm just trying hard. But I want to say, if you're in the audience and you want to give back to the next generation of product managers, please, please, please consider showing up on this show, guest speaking in some of the programs here at the Product Management Center at the University of Washington. There are so many people that want to become product managers and want to build innovations that universally improve lives. And it's going to take all of us uh, to prepare them and uh, get them empowered uh, to succeed in product management. So grateful for Kavita. Sarada, Red, and Sumeya, and I look forward to hearing and seeing everybody next week.